Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The program is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the program at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, Alex here. So we have some fantastic news. It turns out that both Rusty Quill Gaming and our narrative horror podcast, The Magnus Archives, have both been nominated in the 2016 Podcast Awards. We couldn't have done it without your support and we are massively grateful. Obviously, this is a pretty big deal for such a small company as us, because winning one of those awards would be a huge boost that would help establish us and allow us to make loads more content for you to gorge yourselves on like massive fiction whales. But we can't do that without your help. From Sunday the 29th of May until Sunday the 12th of June, the daily voting for the awards will be open. This means that each listener can vote for each category once a day in that period. So, if you really wanted to help us, you could vote for Rusty Quill Gaming 15 times and the Magnus Archives for another 15 times. The reason they use this system is so that new independent companies like ours actually have a chance to beat bigger contenders if our fans are dedicated enough to vote again and again. So that's what we're asking. It's free to do, only takes about 30 seconds a day for a fortnight. Just head over to podcastawards.com and vote for Rusty Quill Gaming in the Games and Hobbies category and the Magnus Archives in the Arts category. Better yet, why not get every single person you've ever met to vote for us too? I mean, how hard could that be? So, without further ado, thanks for your support, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. And welcome to the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I am still your host and GM, Bryn Monroe, and I am joined by Alex Newell, Ben Meredith, and James Ross. And you are playing Subversion McGuffin. Tell Voss Nelson. One sec. Um, as uh, Edward, it's, that's written, it. Ed, it's written on the Edward, label in your collar. Oh, well, hang on. Just wait. <laughs> there we Ed, are. Ed, it's not the washing Ed, instructions. It's Keystone. Edward Keystone. He can't Ed. be ironed or boiled. <laughs> <laughs> If you look at the back of the label, it also says made in greater optimism than was recently warranted. <laughs> Please continue. Please break mould. 
open brackets, not in a good way, close brackets. As I'm sure you'll remember from last week, we are following Sir Bertrand McGuffingham on his spin-off, I mean side plot, where he has disappeared into the wilds of southern France in search of the lost tomb of Hannibal, having left the rest of his normal adventuring party back in Paris. He has picked up two new companions, and after a brief bar fight, we went on a brief shopping trip to prepare for cold, snowy weather, Mm -hmm. uh, and then wandered off up into the mountains, where there was indeed some cold, snowy weather, as well as a snow leopard, which you fought, then healed, uh, then fought again. That was not a group decision. (laughs) And you followed the half-written instructions till you were nearly in the right place, and then some excellent praying by our young paladin meant the god Apollo gave you a little hint. Don't know um, what you're talking about, it's just warm. And uh, we left you having just discovered some worked stone under yeah. the snow. So, heading back then. No, worked stone, worked stone very strongly implied. I don't know if you're... Look at this cornice thing. Look at it. Look at it. Are you a geologist by any chance? Uh, That's spelled G-E-O-L. I'm not an idiot. I know what that is. No, what, I'm not. What, what is it? It's a... Yeah, go on, what is it? It's one... Look, we're heading back. It's not here. That's fine. Let's move on. Then I'll put it to you. Why do you think there is apparently flagstones beneath a snowy field in the middle of the Alps? Old road. Old road. Yep. Right. To where? From where? Hannibal's tomb! <laughs> of course, we just follow the stuff. You're a genius! In which case, you should probably get on and start uncovering it. Yeah, all right. Here's a spade. Right, all. He starts shuffling. Stoltzman said, and I just, you know, start sharing some tobacco, which I assume we have around. <laughs> of course. Working with Apollo all the live long day. I'm surprised I'm he's let out on his own. Apollo. He's not. Uh, yeah, the mind, though. Yeah, good <laughs> yeah, point. So, yeah, I... I this was not an accident. I'm just surprised he's still alive. What, what happens if we go back and his mind isn't there anymore? Do we get stuck with him? Uh, there's probably some sort of home you can just put, you know, lost Leave them. aristocracy. Like a, like a lost found. Yes. Like old London underground. Just hand them in. But there's, there's so many uniformly dim aristocrats. How do you know which one's which? <laughs> so are you getting on there? Yeah. <laughs> just, just Edward is digging. Yeah. Okay, give me a. No, Bertie, no, after my. Because it is cold. Although this is obviously hilarious, Bertie's clearly like. We found uh, Hannibal's tomb, let's get digging. So this is obviously very funny, but not like. He also clearly chips in with the spade work. Okay. I, will, I will crack out my magical item. I'll take a 12 inch bar out of my pack and just through hinges and flaps turn it into a spade. Is hinges a magical item in this universe? No, it's, it? a, it's, a, it's an omni tool. Okay, so we, right. we, all, we all begin to do Yes, then everyone give me strength checks. Ooh. That was terrible. 13. 22. Uh, 5. The, the workload is not evenly spread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I work like an archaeologist, so I'm very careful. Yeah. I don't get much done. I love the idea that you're there with your toothbrush going, now the trick is really nice. <laughs> Ding! Yeah. Ding. Ding. It, it, it turns out blind stupidity is actually the most efficient way. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, and the other two, you're, you're, you're overthinking it, if anything. And yeah, the archaeologist tries to brush a lot of the snow away. Bertie's just um, trying to make it look like he's working hard <laughs> while letting the other two do the real work. Luckily, he's succeeding at that. 
Uh, right, it's going to take you about four hours to dig out the tomb. Oh, good. And what that means is two more checks against the coal. Yay. Two plus three plus four is nine, and uh, 12 is nine. I got 20 and nine. Natural 20 bringing me to 28 and a 21. Strong start from our young paladin. Yeah. Uh, Once again, you are absolutely fine. In fact, you find the cold invigorating. It's, it's what's allowed you to work harder than normal. Because normally you'd be overheating working this hard, and yes. cold is just making it feel like you're not, you're not trying. The so thought of the hells that evil do would go to warm me in this cold climate. Uh, Bertie, bit grim. you take seven non-lethal damage. Okay. Chelvar, you take two. Oh, that's good. It is colder today. The air is clearer. There's no clouds above. There's no snow. But as we all know, uh, that actually makes it colder mm-hmm. in this kind of climate. Yep. So it's, it's one of those, you know, it's bright as well. Like your eyes are hurting slightly from snow reflection. Snow glare! Snow glare. Um, it's a big problem. About four hours later, you gradually reveal the front of the tomb, it looks like the front of a mausoleum, and that it slopes very gradually back into the, the mountain. So, so clearly, this is an entranceway, and the main body of the tomb is going to have been dug into the mountain. So were we on the roof, or were we on You were on the roof, basically. So we're kind of digging into a drift, basically. Yeah. Okay. yeah. okay, so you've fully excavated the door of the tomb now. So what you see is there's several pieces to it. Towards the top of the door, at about eye level, there is the carving of the upper torso and head and face of a person, a man. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on its side, and under that is a sentence written in ancient Greek. Beneath that, there is a second carving. It's the same style of art as a tapestry, in a way, but it's carved into the stone. Uh There are several male figures in the carving. They are all naked much in the style of ancient art. And there's a bunch of animals in the carving as well. And beneath that carving, there is an outstretched hand. It's slightly tilted to the side, sort of palm facing very slightly upwards, and it's clearly held out, ready to shake someone's hand, essentially. Ah, I recognise this ancient Greek. Now, uh, although it is something of a surprise that a Carthaginian's tomb should have ancient Greek... No, it's not. Totally in keeping with this world... Because the, as previously discussed, as previously discussed <laughs> the Carthaginians in this world took a lot of ancient Greek culture in much the same way as the Romans did in our world, and hence ancient Greek was considered the holy language. So even though it's not what they would have spoken every day, magical or religious ceremonies would have been conducted in ancient Greek. Sir Bertrand McGuffingham thought to himself. Righto, chaps, so this uh, reads, Here lies Hannibal, champion of Carthage, protector of civilizations, heir to the greatest heroes of the bygone age. You who seek to be his heirs must prove yourselves worthy of this lineage. Uh, Now there's a carving here, and it's got a, a single hand extended. How is the hand extended? Literally, kind of, someone extending to shake hands. Okay, and I guess uh, Sir McGuffigan goes up to the statue and goes... Well, wait, wait, hang on a minute. There might be um, magical traps, etc. Unless you want to just dive right in. This, this, Mr. Slawsnason, this is what destiny looks like. Mm. I am here to be destiny full on. 
I shall not be concerning myself with petty traps, you know. Greatness, historically, will recognize greatness. As you wish, Sir Bertrand, as and I'll speak- take a smart step back. As he's speaking, I've already reached out my hand to try and grab it myself. <laughs> as he's giving the speech about the importance of it. Do you place your hand in the hand? Um, yeah. You vanish. Ah. Well, that solves one problem, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Give up, go home. It's dangerous. <laughs> Either he's dead, <laughs> or he's in the tomb right now. <laughs> and then possibly dead. Yes. Mm. Edward! Edward! Edward, can you hear us? It's a bunch of bellows, really loudly. Sir Edward! Edward! Um, Sir Bertrand, you might cause an avalanche. Don't uh, shout so loudly. Well... Let's let's try this. Uh, we're still we're at the door, right? Yep. Bertie just knocks on the door very hard with his fist, just to you know, okay. try to produce some noise. Edward, Edward, can you hear me? Edward, is there any response at all? No. no. Right. Well, um, if he is in there and he is alive, I hate to think the kind of damage he's doing right now. So here it goes, <laughs> and I grab the hand. You vanish. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> can I look at it and see if I can work out who it is on basis Give of me a roll, knowledge history. Knowledge history. Uh, 12, 14. It's Hannibal. Okay. Um, in terms of the landscape with the nine gentlemen in it, what is the tone of it? Is it uh, an eroticism? Heroic. Kind of Heroic. Okay, cool. Lovely. Right. You can give me a knowledge history roll on that one as well if you like. Yeah, go on then, why not? Uh, 15 plus 2, 17. It does seem familiar. You've certainly seen something like this before when you're studying it. You're thinking when you were looking at ancient Greek, well, what we in the real world would call myths, but of course, yeah. in this world... History. History. Yeah. But you can't quite remember. You feel like perhaps there should be more figures. You feel like 9 might not be the right number. Does it look like there's uh, any bits of carving that have been knocked off the edges or anything like that? Does it look like it's broken or damaged anyway? Towards either edge, it looks slightly unfinished. I think he's, he's concluded all the investigations he's going to. He takes a deep breath, makes direct eye contact with the statue. He's like, I, sir, am Sir Bertrand McGuffingham. Shakes his hand. And that is how Sir Bertrand you McGuffingham died. Yeah. <laughs> I was Sir Bertrand McGuffingham. <laughs> Edward, you were the first Hello. to vanish. Please roll me a d12. A what? Yeah, that's I right. I'm using a d12 people. What is this heresy? You ready? Nine. You awake, dead. Nine. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I played this character too long. <laughs> Grammar's starting to fall away like so much unused tatters. You appear in a large hall. The climate is completely different. It is almost tropical. It's a hot, sunny day in the middle of summer. It's humid. You can hear the sound of the sea in the distance. You are much too warm. In a second, you're going to have to give me a fortitude save against heat because you're wearing cold weather gear in this environment. But before we get to that, in front of you is a throne. Uh Uh, on a dais, mm-hmm. and sitting on that throne is a large, powerful, muscled queen wearing an extravagant headdress, and she is being served by other large, powerful women carrying. So these are all living these aren't statues or anything. No, like that. they are living people. They are standing there. They are all. They're all looking at you 
expectantly. They are mostly holding various sorts of weapons. A lot of them seem to favour bows. Mm -hmm. Okay, I obviously seeing all this, then proceed to go. Oh, sorry. Uh, excuse me. Give be with you in a second. I then just turn away and start taking off my fur cloak and uh, start, you know, stripping down all these cold weather layers to something ah, more comfortable. Ah, the strippogram. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a very quick 40 so against heat sure. just before you get it all off. Oh, no. I'm still in double figures, but they're not high double figures for the first time. <laughs> I'm sad and disappointed with myself with such a low 15. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to get the paladin on enjoyment. I'm not. Just, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, hello. The queen nods her head to acknowledge you. She looks stern. So, um, it's very warm here, but it was not very warm outside, which is leading me to think I'm not, I'm not where I was. Where am I? The queen stands and she steps forward and you see that she's wearing clearly several magical items, the most impressive of which is a large and very distinctive belt. Okay. And she simply says, we are not interested in your prattle. What did you come here for? She is speaking, and you understand simultaneously that this is a language you don't recognise, uh, but that you understand. Okay. Well, I mean, that's... That's a bit brusque, honestly. I mean, it's very difficult to find you. Um, I am looking for the tomb of... Uh... Oh, hang on. Mm. It was... Oh, it's gone. I'm looking for a tomb. <laughs> then it would appear you are perhaps not in... The correct place. Apparently so. I turn around behind me. Is there a hand outstretched? No. I turn back. I have no idea how to get out of here. I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but um, I apparently I'm a bit stuck. Cut to... <laughs> Chelva. Eleven. You appear in an orchard. It is a reasonably warm autumn day, but... Your cold weather gear is a little inappropriate, but unlike a uh, friend, you are not suffering. I will remove my hat. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, now! The, uh, the orchard, I say the orchard, you know, it's there are apples hanging from these trees, but the trees are very tall, and the, like, the lowest branches are about 14, 15 feet. The apples are incredibly large, and they gleam. It's not clear if they're supernatural, but they're the best apples you have ever seen. Mm -hmm. You see in the distance through the trees, there is someone standing next to a pillar, and the pillar extends up into the sky. And you can see this pillar literally go up and up and up, and it spreads out and gets thicker as it goes upwards until it vanishes into the haze of the sky. Is there anything like behind me, or am I just in? You are surrounded by orchard, as far as you can tell. Okay. Um, I will walk towards the man by the pillar. As you approach him, you realise you were further away than you thought. Ah. Because he is not human. He is a giant. He is about 20 foot tall. Is he titanic? That's one way to describe mm. it. 
as you, the other thing <laughs> that you notice as you get closer is that he's being hit by an iceberg and he's slowly pillar. sinking beneath the waves. He's got That's a he's a titan. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> the, pi- the pillar, in fact, does not extend all the way to the ground. It tapers to a single point. The giant is standing beneath the point and he's bracing it against his back with, and both hands are also on the pillar. Atlas, I presume. Yes. Um, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at entrances. <laughs> he glares and says, Tired. Yes, I can imagine that's quite a tiring thing to be doing. Um, you haven't heard of a man called Hannibal, have you? What? A man called Hannibal. No. Ah, interesting. Uh, has anybody passed through here? No, I do not receive many visitors. Right. Um, would you mind pointing me to the exit of this orchard? I do not know. Right. I am not permitted to leave my position. The whole sky falling down thing, I believe. Yes. Right. Um, good. How the heck am I going to get out of here? Cut to Sir Bertrand McGuffingham. Please roll me a d12. Twelve. Twelve. That's the best answer, right? <laughs> we'll see. Right. Bit of sense. <laughs> you find yourself in a tunnel. Mm-hmm. It is sloping gently downwards. You can feel from behind you somewhere a slight sense of warmth and there's, there's clearly a little bit of light filtering down but it's pretty dark in here however directly in front of you stands a large dog the dog is the same size as a lion and has three heads <laughs> all brutal and they're all <laughs> crying <laughs> he does not look very much like brutal at all no he looks effective um, <laughs> I don't know what you mean Pugwilers are an efficient and useful two breed. of the three heads pick your favourite two are growling slightly oh, hello wolf so you presumably are careless aren't you the sweetie blah, 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 blah. <laughs> So Bertie is going to exercise a full pop and pageantry with Handle Animal to try and tame the Hell Dog Goblin. (laughs) Give me a roll. Which arm do you value least for this? Oh, I'm holding my shield up. I'm not going to have So I'll roll it and then RP the result. Uh, That works out at 17. What are you holding? I will have my shield out. I will have my sword, presumably. No, you know what? I'm not going to draw either of them. Okay. I won't draw either of them. It's a dog. It is a dog. Your handle animal roll is going to work. So please give me a suitably impressive introduction to this dog. He is going to gradually stop growling and get more friendly to you until he ends up reasonably docile. Okay. Hello there, Wolf, and you are now I am Sir Bertrand McGuffin. Who are you? 
Who are you? You are the guardian of hell, aren't you? Stroking under the chin, aren't you? Bertie kind of like, he strokes under one chin and then realises that the third head is getting jealous and strokes under that one and then realises that the middle head is getting jealous and strokes under that one. Aren't you a sweetie? Aren't you a sweetie? Oh, you've got no sulfur in your breath, haven't you? That's because you eat a horrible thing, hell, these things. How long have you been here? Has, has your master tied you up when he went to the shops? That's naughty. <laughs> I like you like your tummy scratch. Come here. Come here. Gives him a Cerberus. <laughs> Sorry, Kerberus. Kerberus, okay. Rolls onto his back and lets you scratch his tummy. Oh. Sir Bertrand McGuffingham has just tamed the three-headed guardian to the entrance of hell. Um, Bertie kind of hunts around in his pack for like what has he got that he can throw that could be fetched it was Artemis that he annoyed earlier wasn't it he's going to take out the symbol of Artemis here boy here boy throws the symbol of Artemis fetch he runs off to fetch it he brings it back good boy good boy he he doesn't drop it oh drop 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 he drops it. There we go. Good boy. Good boy. Aren't you a fluffer? Aren't you a lovely fluffer? Well, boy, well, I find myself here in, in quite a predicament. What, what was behind him? Who behind him? A tunnel that continues down. It's very sl- gently sloped. It's a large tunnel, yeah. and you can see which end the light is coming from. And I was heading away from the light? You were facing downwards towards the dark end of the cool. tunnel when you appeared. There we are. Well, come on, boy. Seems like we've uh, got a popped out on an adventure. Hmm? I'm off to find the tomb of Hannibal to fulfil my destiny. Hmm? Destiny, I bet you know a thing about that, don't you, boy? Well, 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 because you're very wise. Aren't you a clever boy? Clever boy. Mm, yes. So which direction are you heading him? Downwards. Okay. It gets gradually hotter. Oh, definitely taking off the cold weather gear. And yeah. darker yeah. as you proceed. And Bertie flicks on his falcon pauldron with the light source. Cuts back to Chilvar. Right, well... <clears throat> How do we get out of here? What was the inscription that Bertie was reading? Something something about heroism. Yes. That, in the, the back of Chelvar's mind, there's just uh, a sudden uh, memory. Bertie's always going, it's Sir uh, Bertrand. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be something helpful for a second. No. I should never have believed no. it. And um, oh, that, that freeze again. I should have spent more time looking at it, Eddie. And... I'm going to do a knowledge history from what I can remember of the freeze to see if there was any indication... Ooh, uh, I'm a bard. That's good. 24. Yes, you've correctly identified Atlas. Combining that knowledge with what you saw of the frieze earlier, you realised that the frieze was a slightly unfinished depiction of the 12 labours of Hercules. Cool. Uh, Oh, wait, Heracles. Heracles, because he didn't get Romanised. No, he did not. Yeah, the 12 labours of Heracles. Lovely. So, Atlas, tell me, you're, you're quite tired, aren't you? Yes. Love a break, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> How about you go um, fetch... Are, are there any golden apples round here? Several. Oh, tell you what, then. You grab one of those, uh, and I'll hold the sky for you. Really? Yes. Okay. Best total world death ever. The sky <laughs> falls. Everyone is crushed. Yep. And I'll uh, I'll scoot over and uh, 
Oh, it's heavy. I, I, <laughs> whoa, whoa, not the sky. I seem to be able to lift it, yeah. which kind of surprises you. No, it doesn't. Because <laughs> it's magic, and I'm playing the part of Heracles. <laughs> Someone's figured it out. Yeah. He, yeah, he wanders it. off into I'll the hold orchard. It. I'll hold it kind of badly. After five, ten minutes, he comes back. He has two golden apples, one in each hand. One has, has taken a bite out of, and he's looking at the other one and looking back to you, and he sort of proffers it forward and goes, You know, I'm not sure I want to switch back. Oh, um, ooh, a bit awkward. Uh, I'd, I'd like it if you would. And we're going to cut. <laughs> <laughs> it was an H. It was an H. There was, there was an A in it. It was an H and there was an A in it. I think. It, Harry... Tomb of Harry. I'm here for Harry. Harry? Is Harry here? What are you talking about? See, I don't like her tone, so detect evil! <laughs> no. No one in the room is evil. Oh, I'm disappointed. Well, well, I'm, I'm Edward. Who are you? Ma- Mom? Madam. Mrs. Queen... Hippolyta. Queen. Oh, that's interesting. I'm curious. Hmm. Right, where are you the queen of? We are the Amazons. You've got more than one queen. And I, you, am queen. Queen Hippolyta of the Amazons. (sighs) (laughs) She sighs imperiously. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um. I'm, I'm a bit lost here. Uh, do you know where France is? France? She struggles to pronounce the word. Bit more than Germany, bit less than England. I'm so deep in character. By right Westness. <laughs> None of these names are familiar to me. I am very lost. Right. Um... Magic in it. Right. Okay. Magic. Um, what happens next? <laughs> that's not magic. That's improv. That's, <laughs> it's a different thing. Eddie's bad at both. Yeah. <laughs> she sighs again. Cut back to. So <laughs> yeah. You walk for a little while and there's a flicker and suddenly you're back in your starting position. Ah. Uh, is Kebra uh, still with me? Yes, he's still at your side as well, right. acting friendly. But you can see from the the shape and the angle of the tunnel that you yeah. have flicked back to where you started. Hang on, I was back here a moment ago. Does Kebra uh, does Kebra seem surprised or? He doesn't seem to have noticed. No, this is unfortunate. Well, I suppose how how would one gain access to the underworld? Hmm? That's a point, you know. If I went to the underworld, that's where Han would be. I could ask him where his tomb was. Go think, Bertie, think. Bertie tries to recall how one might access the underworld. He's racking his brains for his childhood knowledge of ancient mythology, this, that and the other. Give me a roll, knowledge history. Ooh, <laughs> two plus two is four. There were lots of ways. This is one of them. You don't remember the others. You're pretty sure walking down this tunnel should get you to the underworld. Mm. How long does the tunnel look? A little way off, there's a corner. 
and you followed that already, and then there yeah. was another corner, and you followed that already, and then you were back here. You walked maybe five, six minutes. Uh, look around the rest of the cabin. Is there anything else in the cabin? Just the two directions to go in. Uh, no, there is something else. Give me a perception check. <laughs> <laughs> 11 minus 1 is 10. You find a pipe, by which I mean the kind of pipe you would play. Uh, goodness, uh, Bertie picks it up now. Mm-hmm. Presumably, if I've already failed a knowledge history check, I can't come up with any more history-based clues. You asked about the, un- oh, the underworld. World. You can uh, you can make a knowledge history check on a different subject. In okay. today's episode, we teach people the difference between character knowledge and yeah. player knowledge. Okay, as James, the history expert, <laughs> has to walk through hoops. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Bertie's trying to remember the, any historical context uh, or mythological context, mythological historical context. Or pipes in terms of access to the underworld. And he's hoping he remembers things about maybe Orpheus. Three plus two is five. Uh, right, so any requests, Kerberos? Uh, I can do free bird. Uh... <laughs> Cut back to Kelbar. Right. Um, fair enough. You've been doing the job for a long time. I can see why somebody would get a bit bored. Um, well, no, fair enough. You deserve a break. Um, there is one thing. I'm finding it quite difficult to, you know, it's quite heavy. So you've been doing this a long time. If you wouldn't mind just sh- kind of showing me uh, the right way to go about it. And then he looks sort of suspicious. And he goes, I'm going to do a, a diplomacy, diplomacy check. check. Give me the roll. Uh, Titans are humanoids? 29 with 25 without. His eyes do narrow a bit suspiciously, but he sort of shrugs it off again and goes, Okay. I'll give you a quick hand. Oh, you are no, just the best. He puts, <laughs> down, he, he puts down both apples and he steps forward with both his hands on the, the base of this cone, not really a pillar, in order to help you readjust it on your in terms of where you're lifting. Cool. As he's readjusting, I will uh, trip and fall like so that I, I come out from under and roll away. No, no, no. You have to come back and take... This. Mm, no. Uh, <laughs> however, I'm 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 a fair man. Uh, I'll pick up the half-eaten apple and just pop it in his mouth. <laughs> with the other apple. <laughs> he screams after you. You vanish. Okay. Edwards. <laughs> Is there like? So the room that I'm in, is there yeah. a balcony or anything else? There, there are a couple of balconies, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a large set of doors behind you as well. It's clearly a throne room. There's, you know, a large elaborate doors. There's a carpet that rolls up to the dais. It's, you know. Jelva, I'm stuck. Sir Bertrand, Jelva, I'm stuck. Bertie. <laughs> uh, Bertie, having tried going down into Hades, is now going to try the other way in the direction of the light. That is the only available option that he has not yet explored. So he is going to attempt to do that. You walk up the cavern, you step with me. out of the entrance of the cave, into the light, and vanish. <laughs> the two of you, Chelva and Bertie, flicker back into existence. You are in a stone hallway. It is once again very cold. You are wearing your cold weather gear. Your apple has vanished. Your pipe has vanished. Kerberos? Is Kerberos around? Kerberos has vanished. No! Like you all are... dogs, they leave you in the end. No! 
Why? Why do I put myself out there? Why? Why do I do that? You are both wearing exactly what you were wearing when you placed your hand in the stone-carved hand on the door. So you're in a stone hall where there's a set of steps that go down not very far, and then the hallway proceeds. You can't see exactly what's at the end of it because of cool. the, your position at well, the top of the steps. I will have been standing in awe, and then when Bertie flickers in... Yeah, it's a couple of minutes later. I'll, uh, I'll turn to you and go, Bertie, we've done it! We've done it! Excellent! <laughs> yes! Jump and give you a big hug. Ah, you, Mr. Saucerson, congratulations. Well done, us. A real team effort. Have you seen Edward around anywhere? No. Brilliant! A real team effort. (laughs) Mission accomplished. Here we are, two great heroes. Mm. I can't help but think, did you have Trial of Heracles? Trial of... Oh, yes! (laughs) Yes, of course. Now it all makes sense now. Yes, Kerberos, charming. Really... Lovely. He's such a fluffer. Not how I expected that to go. Now, Eddie is probably a classically educated man, but he is a stupid man. Don't think he's going to be able to work that one out. Cut back to Edward. Are there any statues in the room? No. I'm now hunting for a statue to shake its hand. I'll just wander around, ignoring what's happening, occasionally walking past places where I clearly should, you know, show a bit more deference, walking over carpets. Okay. (laughs) This is where he lives now. (laughs) I quite like that. I think the character doesn't need to survive this this campaign. You, you, You look around looking for statues, you eventually step out onto one of the balconies, mm-hmm. see if there's one out there, because that mm-hmm. seems like a good idea to you. I yeah. Mean, why wouldn't you keep a statue on the balcony near the sea? And once you do that, as you leave the room, you vanish. Oh no. You flicker back into existence, right. standing outside the entrance to the tomb. The front door of the tomb looks exactly as it did before. Okay. Sir Bertrand. Tiava. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what happens now. But both now. of you give me perception checks. Seven minus one is six. And for me, 20. You can hear a muffled voice from the other side Chavo. of the door. It's very difficult Oof. to make out the words. Goodness. Well, at least he's not stuck in whatever vision it was. What? Chilvon, do you know There's... what France is? If, oh. if you do, I'm in the right place. Oh. Well, he's not dead. Um... Is this France? It feels is there, like France. On this side, is there a way to open it at all? Nope. No, okay. Uh, I'll hammer on the wall. Go, Eddie! Do I hear? Roll. 18 on the roll. You do. Oh, Chilver! Chilver! It's a... You've, you've got to do the trial! No, 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 it wasn't a trial. It was like a queen. There was no court or nothing. Where were you? Not France. Right. It uh, was it was hot, really hot. Okay, and what what was what could you see? You mentioned a queen. There was a lady. She had she was wearing like posh stuff, like a belt, and and there was and there was lots of other people. There were no statues, Chelva. Test of knowledge, history. Yeah, I've got thirteen, and I have uh, uh, maths a fifteen. <laughs> Yeah, with a 15, you can remember at least the bare bones of each of the 12 labours at this point. Steal the belt! No, I can't do that. I'm a paladin. No, that's the point. That's what Heracles... It's a trial of Heracles! Who's he? Greek hero is... He's... 
the 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 freeze on the door. Yeah, it's dead cold. The greatest hero. <laughs> what? I enjoyed that. <laughs> the greatest hero in history, Heracles himself. What? Let's say he didn't steal the belt of uh, the Queen of the Amazons so much as borrow it. Hmm? Indefinitely. Oh, indefinitely, but with the full intention of eventually giving it back. Oh, right, so that's, that's precisely what you need to do, Edward, in order to join us here on the other side. Alright, I've got a plan. Alright? So, one sec. I reach out and take wait, the wait, hand wait, again. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hey guys, Alex here. So, it turns out Bryn got a teensy bit power mad as GM at the end of this side quest, and as a result, the final episode we recorded ended up being a bit... massive. So, in fact, it was so big, we ended up having to split it into two separate episodes. Don't worry, you'll still get the final part of the side quest next week, but unfortunately, you don't get to hear the rest of the gang wishing you a fond farewell until then. Instead, you just have to settle for me. Bye, guys! Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by RustyQuill.com and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial International License. Today's episode was recorded and produced by Alexander J. Newell. To comment on episodes, make donations, and view links, images, videos, and show notes, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter at TheRustyQuill, or email us at mail at RustyQuill.com. Thanks for listening. Like Apollo said yeah. here, and we found work sewn under the snow. Apollo yeah. didn't say nothing. Well. It was just warm. <laughs> it was being oh, lightning no. sore as well. It's just so sun, isn't it? You're terrible, palate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle, was it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced by this whole miracle business. <laughs> Hi, everyone, you're Ben. Hi, everyone, I'm Ben. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Eight things a paladin shouldn't do. Uh, deny the existence of God. One. <laughs> Kill a small baby. Two. Kill a large baby. Three. Three. Uh, put up curtains. Four. Um, uh, say that everyone's a Five. Uh, go through doors backwards. Six. Uh, swim in bees. Seven. And uh, lie down. Heavy. Eight. Eight. Woo-hoo. Hi, everyone, I'm Bryn. Hi, Bryn. Uh, eight ways to leave your lover. Uh, step out the back, Jack. One. Why don't you plan, stand? Two. <laughs> don't leave a note, boat. Three. Um, <laughs> side plot where he has disappeared into the wilds of southern France. Open a bar in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Boston, Lincolnshire. It's, it's so much more disappointing. <laughs> That's their town motto, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Boston, the world's second best Boston. I'll take a 12-inch bar out of my pack and just through hinges and flaps uh, turn it into a spade. Is hinges a magical item in this universe? No, it's, it? a, it's, a, it's a something omni-tool Are you and every tool. The love child of Nigel Thornberry and Daredevil? Maybe. <laughs> you might very well think that. Possibly. <laughs> comment.
As I said, there's a set of steps down, and then the hallway continues, and a, but because of the angle and your height, you can't see much further down. Lumna, in fact, the Carthaginians actually went through quite a significant brutalist period. <laughs> <laughs> was it shortly after the Romans summoned the elder gods to destroy them all? That was pretty. That was a pretty brutal <laughs> period for them. <laughs> when you've gotten so niche. Yeah. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.